Yes, sir. Here we are on a Friday. I am at one of my favorite places in the world, the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. Big weekend out here at Riverwind. We will be wrapping up the 75K Love to Get Away promotion. You could be one of five grand prize winners. Five different patrons are going to win $5,000 in cash each coming up in a big drawing tomorrow night here at Riverwind just before midnight. They'll also have preliminary drawings uh, from 7 until just before the big grand prize drawing at 11.59 just before midnight, and they'll be giving away $10,000 in cash and bonus played then. Friday nights are always big at Riverwind. Every day, every night is big at Riverwind. But Friday night, you get the steak buffet at the River Buffet. Uh, steak night. All-you-can-eat steak for $29.99. It is big time. Believe me, I set a Guinness record for calorie consumption there not long ago. Don't know if it's been broken yet, but I'm thinking it might have held up. Anyway, steak night tonight. It is seafood night tomorrow night, and Sunday is a big-time brunch. Don't forget, Beats and Bites is coming back for 2023. The tremendously entertaining, fun as all get out, summer concert series is back. May 27th, we start it all off with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. It'll be a heck of a show to get the festivities started. Then in June, we've got a trio of bands taking the stage June 10th. Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum. That'll be a great show as well. In July, we'll have Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird on the Beats and Bites stage And Gary Allen wraps it all up on August 26th. Beats and Bites 2023, also presented by Coop Ale Works. They have all those incredible craft beers from Coop Ale Works out there. Food trucks everywhere, all the best local food trucks. Bring your folding chairs. It's a kid-friendly environment. They've got games for the kids. It's a fun time outdoors with some great music at Beats and Bites. And it is back for 2023, so get your tickets now online at riverwind.com. Parker Thune, how's your Friday? It's been a good Friday, Steely, so far. I'm, I'm just glad you made it into work because I halfway expected you to wake up this morning, think it was Saturday, and hit snooze. It was close, man. I, you know, I am on the verge of senility. There is no doubt about it. And I've mislabeled because usually what happens when I get in and edit in our folder for the show, I will date something. You know, today is uh, 224, right? But... I got my dates confused, so I've mislabeled everything. So all of today's clips are 2-25, and the first one we're going to play here in a minute is Deshaun McCullough uh, talking about his respect for Brent Venables. We'll do that in a second. But, yes, I'm easily confused. There's no doubt about it. I am just hoping to get through five more years, and then maybe they can put the old man out to pasture. Hopefully not before that. But you never know. You never know in this business. But I'm looking forward to a Friday. It's going to be a great weekend here at Riverwind Casino. we got a lot of stuff happening. OU softball back in action today. Uh, they will be playing Cal State Fullerton at 2.30 in the Mary Nutter Classic out in Palm Springs. A&M at 5 o'clock. Listening to Plank this morning, uh, the voice of the uh, Sooner Women, of course. He thinks the Saturday games are very much up in the air weather-wise. They're scheduled to play Utah and Loyola Marymount on saturday we may not get those in but everybody is also looking to the uh, the finale of this uh, five game set for oklahoma when they play ucla at 11:30 a.m on sunday so we'll see if we can get all the games in sooner baseball in action today weather uh, again permitting against Ryder university from new jersey at three o'clock they'll play the bronx 
Saturday at 2 o'clock, and they've moved up the start time Sunday to 1 o'clock for that three-game set. Uh, we have OU basketball at Iowa State tomorrow, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. For that one, we had uh, the Jazz beating the Thunder in overtime last night, 120-119, to so the Thunder at least temporarily back out of the playoff picture, but there's so many games left. Uh, Oklahoma City drops out of the 10 spot. They're a half game behind uh, Golden State there in the Western Conference standings for the play-in spot at number 10, and Utah moves up to number 9. OU women, huge game, gigantic, colossal, Godzilla-sized game tomorrow taking on Texas. They lost to Texas back in January, and they lost that game by 20 points in Austin, but this basically is the battle for the Big 12 regular season championship tomorrow on ESPN Plus at 1 o'clock. Want to see a good crowd out there at the Lloyd Noble Center for the OU women. Jenny Baranchek's done an incredible job, and uh, they will be taking on Texas again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. But let's start with Sooner football. Let's hear from Deshaun McCullough, probably the biggest guy to come through the portal this year for Oklahoma. Originally commits to Ohio State, follows his dad to Indiana, becomes a freshman All-American, decides, you know what? I want to go play for a blue blood. I want to play for Brent Venables because he recruited me coming out of high school at Clemson as well where he had dreams of maybe becoming the next Isaiah Simmons. But he ends up again at Indiana. But McCullough remembers when he originally committed to Ohio State and he had to make, you know, multiple phone calls? No. Deshaun McCullough said he just made one call after that because he has big respect for Brent Venables. He was actually the only coach that I told coming out of high school that I wasn't coming to his school. So that's the amount of respect that I have for Coach Venables coming out of high school. So it was really no hard feelings. He, re- he completely understood everything. And that's right Right when I entered the portal, he was the first one to call my phone. So, What, what about playing linebacker for him excites you? Uh, a lot. He's coached linebackers just like me, which is um, really the most intriguing part about Coach Venable is that he's coached these linebackers from all different type of sizes. So just the versatility aspect that he's used to coaching is huge for me, and having a coach that's used to players like that is going to be huge for my development. What are your thoughts on Jerry Schmidt's workouts so far? Oh, they're, definitely, <laughs> they're definitely real. They're definitely hard, but um, that's exactly why I came here for. I came here to get pushed. I came here to be pushed to my limits, and that's what he does every day. There you go, Deshaun McCullough. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. No doubt the number one guy for Oklahoma so far, Parker Thune, to come through the portal is Jalen Hurts. He was at the Heisman festivities, didn't win it, but he was there. Really had a good season at Oklahoma. Will Deshaun McCullough end up being the second-best portal guy for Oklahoma before it's all said and done? I think there's a chance, Steely, that he could end up being the best just because you're going to have him for multiple years. Jalen Hurts' year was phenomenal, but it was only one year at the University of Oklahoma. If you can get two or even three excellent seasons of football out of Deshaun McCullough at the most crucial position on Brent Venable's entire defense – Yeah, I think he'll be remembered as the most impactful defensive transfer that Oklahoma has brought in in the portal era. Obviously, with Hurts being a quarterback, he's kind of set the standard unreasonably high for any transfers that follow, regardless of their position. But with Desan McCullough's skill set, with the fact that he was a freshman All-American at a place like Indiana, where maybe they're not necessarily known for being 
not necessarily known for having fabled defenses by any means. I think that when we look down the road five, seven years and DeSalle McCall is in the NFL, we're going to look back on the time he had at Oklahoma and figure, you know what? Yeah, they brought in guys like C.J. Colden and Jeffrey Johnson and Rondell Bothroyd and Trace Ford and what have you, but none of those guys had quite the impact that Deshaun McCullough did in Oklahoma's defense because there's so much he can do from that cheetah position. You've heard him say he's going to line up on the edge, he's going to rush the passer, he's going to be able to drop back into coverage. There's so much at six foot five, 235 pounds that that guy can do for a defense and Venable's defense is perfect for him. You get the sense that he understands that. Obviously, in the soundbite, you heard just how much respect he has for Venables as a coach. So the marriage between that two, from a football sense, I think is going to yield very, very beneficial results for Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, a really good chance, again, that he's going to be maybe the best defensive player on the field for Oklahoma next year. He'll certainly have a chance. Uh, to fill that role, and kind of like what we talked about with Peyton Bowen the other day, he's another great chess piece. He's a guy that you can move around. You have always are going to have to account for him, where he is, what he's doing. Is he blitzing? Is he dropping back in coverage? Uh, he's that kind of guy that gives uh, this defense a lot of options and a lot of different looks, and the more guys you have like that, particularly as talented as McCullough is, and, you know, you get a five-star like Peyton Bowen, that's going to make that OU defense more difficult to deal with. And, of course, they've got to play a lot better than they did last year. But I expect them to take a pretty big step up uh, this year. They absolutely have to do that if they're going to compete right away and compete at a very high level uh, in the SEC. Okay, I'm here at Riverwind Casino. We want to thank last year Home Comfort Systems, 405 579-3113. We've said it many times, Tim Lasher, great Sooner. How many big kicks did he make during his Oklahoma career? Bedlam, Lincoln, Nebraska, always came through in the clutch. And that's what you need when you have somebody looking after your heating and air problems, right? Lasher Home Comfort Systems, they will get it done for you. 405 579-3113. All right, we do have Brandon Drum coming up today at 135, as we always do right here on Steel Man and Thune at noon on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. And, again, it's a busy weekend. Hopefully, I don't know, I can't make any promises, you might be hearing the Oompa Loompa song in your head after the show is over because, again, I am next to the Willy Wonka machine here, and you might be hearing Oompa Loompa Dimpity Doo. I've got the perfect puzzle for you, you know, because that's playing in my head right now, right now. And I still like the original better. Hey, Drake, than the, uh, Tim, Drake if Tim you're Burton listening version. right now, go ahead and snip Steely singing the Oompa Loompa song a cappella and make that our next promo. Please and thank you. There you go. I like that. That's a good idea. All right. Uh, also, Air Comfort Solutions text line. You guys and ladies are awesome because you fill it up every single day. 405 651 3439. That's 405. 405- 651-3439. We'll get to your texts as well. we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Going to have a good time on a Friday. We're heading to the weekend. Can't beat that. You cannot beat it. So let's take an early timeout right here. Come back. Hit the text line next right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We are talking, of course, about Sooner 
softball coach Patty Gasso, back-to-back national championships, favored to win it again this year, but they did suffer a loss early in the season in Waco uh, last weekend as they were upset by Baylor, gave up the three-run homer, or tried to rally back, and lost that game to Baylor 4-3 to in Waco, and now they get ready for the Mary Nutter Classic. Uh, today, Cal State Fullerton, 2.30, A&M at 5 o'clock. Chris Plank was saying this morning in the Plank Show that uh, the game Saturday are very much in question weather-wise. They are scheduled to play Utah uh, Saturday. That's an 11.30 uh, start if they get it in. And then Loyola Marymount at uh, 2 o'clock. Everybody wants to see the Sunday matchup between the Sooners and UCLA with two of the uh, best powerhouses in the uh, history of women's softball going at it again. Uh, And it looks like the Sunday game probably will be good. But uh, 2.30 today for Oklahoma against Cal State Fullerton. All right, Patty Gasso, your team did lose to uh, Baylor last week. How practice has gone and what's the attitude been like after that loss last weekend? Before we even start the season, I, I preface it by saying we're going to lose games. So just it's a learning experience. And it's, it's amazing when we lose, everything starts to open up and all the things that we just get away with um, are now brought to everybody's attention. So they do it themselves. They talk about how to get better and how we need to change and so forth. So. Um, some good things came from it. I'm anxious. I think a different kind of energy. And um, there's just that lingering pressure, I think, that is on. There's um, sometimes the overwhelming amount of people that want autographs and are there. And, you know, it's just, it's it gets smothering. That's no excuse. But it's just, it's constantly on your guard. And that's something that we just have to get used to. But... Our practices have been good. Our adjustments have been good. The energy has been very good. Patty Gasso, and, yeah, in, in some of these tournaments, man, it seems like the Sooners are, you know, like the, the Beatles when they first came to America. Their mom, my fans have to sign a bunch of autographs, but that's part of the process. And uh, we'll see how they bounce back today. I think they'll uh, – I think there's a pretty good chance they'll run the table out there. UCLA will always be a challenge, and UCLA's played pretty well early in the season. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing uh, the Sooner women again get back on the diamond today, 2.30 out in Palm Springs against Cal State Fullerton. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line, always available to you. Uh, let's get there right now, 405-651-3439, see what people want to talk about. Let's take it, Parker. Several listeners said, is it there's something to the effect of this text? Is it just me, or does Desan McCullough sounds like he's about 35, mature-sounding, loving it? Absolutely, man. If you listen to uh, his media sessions he had, I thought he was tremendous. And I know everybody, you know, raved about Caleb Schaefer and uh, Walter Rouse, and and really everybody was pretty good. I thought it was great that Brent did that to get those guys out front, man. Uh, again, if you're trying to, and all, how many coaches tell you, yeah, we're trying to prepare these young men for life, not just football. Well, one of the things you can do is not hide them from the media. They're going to have to have, you know, once they're done for football, and if they're not playing professional football, they're going to be in interviews. They're going to be uh, maybe, you know, in sales or whatever, some profession that's going to 
uh, have to have them be ready to have a dialogue with somebody that's meaningful and uh, I think this is great preparation as well. But I was thinking that the exact same thing when I was uh, putting some of the sound together today. I was like, man, this guy sounds like he's already like in the NFL or something. He is he's impressive. Coach's son, of course, Parker, and that helps. Certainly. Anytime you got to coach this kid, one thing you can say with certainty about them is that they've been around the game a lot, and they generally just have that football intelligence baked into the pie. It comes naturally to them. A lot of prominent football players over the years at all levels have come from coaching families, and I can point you to a zillion 2024 prospects right now that Oklahoma's pursuing that come from coaching families because the more time you spend around the game, the more it's going to help you excel at the game. So good to know uh, and no doubt beneficial that Desan McCullough has grown up in a household where uh, being around his father, Delan, has deepened his understanding and appreciation for football. Uh, elsewhere on the Air Comfort Solutions text line today, uh, <laughs> you know, the Pac-12 is kind of up a creek right now. Brent from Jenks randomly texted in and said, maybe the Pac-12 and Flo can partner up. Yeah, Flo softball, that's a uh, fine outfit, right? Jeez. And these games this weekend are on Flo. So, yeah. If you want to go with the Flo, uh, you know, there's always the steady, great call from Chris Plank available to you, who is uh, one of our very own superstars here. And... Uh, you know, two thirty today for Oklahoma and Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, that's uh, man. I'm telling you, some of the I was trying to watch some of the stuff on Flow, and I'm like, eh. Anytime here's where when you get into cost cutting measures, the broadcast always suffers. You know what? Why don't you guys just do the broadcast from your home? That's not good. And uh, I don't care who you are. That's a that's a difficult task to feel the energy at an event, just to be a part of the surroundings, feel how the crowd's reacting, and all of that stuff. You know what the environment's like. It, it's just it it lends itself to an average broadcast. Have you ever broadcast uh, done a play by play situation from your home? Parker, Thankfully, I know you were no. you were a young prodigy. You were like the Doogie Hauser of uh, young media stars. Now, so you've I, been doing this since you were like six. I will say that type of broadcast is known in the industry as a Remy broadcast, R-E-M-I. Uh, and that kind of became much more common during the COVID-19 pandemic because everybody was apprehensive about sending broadcast right. crews into a venue. So that kind of became the norm. And once that became the norm, I don't think we ever, as a broadcast industry, really fully transitioned away from it the way that we should have. And so Remy's are going to stick around. They're obviously huge as far as cost-cutting is concerned, but the quality of the broadcast does suffer. It is not nearly as good. Uh, here we go. No, wait, let me interject something there. I, I'm not a smart man. So I don't know what Remy stands for. Fill us in. I don't. To be honest, I couldn't tell you what Remy stands for either. I know oh, it stands okay. for something. It's been too long since I was in J school to recall what it was. Well, I will say this. You're right. It, it was born out of the pandemic, and I get that, and that was the smart move at the time. Uh, but 
now, you know what happened, Parker Thune? The TGBs got involved, and they keep going. Once the TGBs got involved, they decided, you know what? We can keep doing this. You know who the TGBs are, right? Who are the TGBs? I'm the Greedy Bastards. The oh, Greedy okay, Bastards okay. got involved. You know, we can save some money here. What, what? You know what? Why don't we think about robots doing broadcasts? Next year, let's get those robots ready. And you're going to have, like, Siri doing a play-by-play game. Like, you know, doing – that's that's what it's going to come to. Because the TGBs never can get enough money. So, look, I will predict a robots broadcast within the next five years. And that might be too long. Oh, gosh. Let's hope that doesn't happen. You tell me I'm going to have to sit there and listen to AI-generated play-by-play? Absolutely. I guarantee you there's a room full of TGBs somewhere right now thinking about that possibility. If we can just cut humans out of the process, how much can we save, Bob? Well, we'd save about a million a year. All right, well, let's get on this. Morons. Morons. Um, From the 918, why are Bowen and McCullough both at Cheetah? Valid question, seeing as how they're two very different players. Peyton Bowen at 5'11", 188 pounds. Desaw McCullough in the neighborhood of 6'5", 235. And the answer is because you got to have different body types at Cheetah. you got to have guys that have skill sets that complement one another because the Cheetah is by nature a position that requires versatility. And versatility may be contained within a single individual, but versatility may also look like in situations where you're facing a team that's more of an attack or more of a threat through the air than on the ground, you use Peyton Bowen and Reggie Pearson more against a team that's more of a threat in the run game than via the pass. Maybe Desan McCullough takes the majority of the snaps in run support. So being able to rotate personnel that can effectively give you either a true 4-3 or a true nickel type of feel with your 11 on the field, that's going to give Brent Venables a lot of flexibility in terms of what he can dial up defensively. No doubt. All right, we uh, I have a question on that on the other side of the break. Beats and Bites, ladies and gentlemen, is coming back. The outdoor concert series here at Riverwind Casino. Uh, under the summer skies, Coupe Ale Works, craft beer, great local food trucks, kid-friendly environment. Tickets are only 5 bucks a piece. It is a heck of a deal. And uh, the kids get in free, of course. But uh, once again, we've got a good lineup, May 27th. 38 special in Blue Oyster Cult will kick it off. In June, we have the Gin Blossoms Tonic and Soul Asylum on the Beats and Bites stage. In July, Mark Chestnut, uh, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then we have Gary Allen wrapping up the festivities on August 26th. And then a special uh, show from Ted Roof and the Three-Man Front coming up in September. Now that will set the place on fire. All right, stay with us. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you heading into the weekend. It's Friday. Let's party. All right? Keep those texts rolling in. Brandon Drum at 135. We'll be right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Friday edition, uh, Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, uh, the 75K. Love to get away. Promotion rolls on here at Riverwind Casino, but not for much longer. Get out here. 
play with your wild card. If you come out to Riverwind Casino, use that wild card. It's going to get you involved in all the promotions. You can hear your name called, you know, when, uh, over the intercom. You've got your wild card in. You're playing a game. You could hear your name called, and you could be winning a big prize, cash bonus play prizes, all kinds of stuff. They're always giving something away here besides the uh, normal jackpots they give away every month here at Riverwind Casino. And, again, tomorrow night, the drawing for the 75K Love to Get Away promotion. Uh, remember, we already had uh, a bunch of people win $10,000 uh, travel vouchers from Ray's Travel in the middle of the month, and the second part of this promotion is giving away five grand prize awards of $5,000 cash each to five different patrons. But tomorrow night at 7 p.m., they will also have preliminary drawings where they're giving away a bunch of cash and bonus play uh, to a bunch of patrons before they even do the grand prize drawing just before midnight. And again, three different Riverwind patrons are going to win five grand in cash each. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, tomorrow at the LNC, 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus, Jenny Baranchek, who has been a Grand Slam home run hire for Joe Castiglione, has done a great job with the OU Women's Program. They will host Texas on ESPN Plus, and this is basically for the Big 12 championship in the regular season. Now, Texas beat OU last month by 20 in Austin, and Jenny Baranchek certainly remembers that loss in Austin. I think that was probably the best game that they've played, and um, you know, and and their coach will say that too. And I, I have a lot of respect for him, and he gets his teams going every time about this year. And so they're going to be, you know, they're going to be very, very good, and and we know that. And uh, we've got to bring our end game. They've got great size. They've got great athleticism. They're going to press you for 40 minutes. So it's a different style than we've seen um, other than when we played them the first time. So I'm excited to watch our team respond because the first time, um, you know, they did a lot of things, and we didn't necessarily match it. And so we've got to be able to be, uh, come out with great energy, and let's have an awesome crowd on Saturday. So you can wear any color. I'd love you to wear crimson. Love you to wear white. You just can't wear orange. But <laughs> any, other, any other color, I'm totally fine with. Just get here. And if you need tickets, you know what? Call our office. We'll find a way for you. There you go. Jenny Baranchek on with uh, Chris Plank uh, yesterday. And uh, once again, 1 o'clock tomorrow, ESPN Plus broadcast. Sooner men in Ames to take on Iowa State. That's an 11 a.m. tip, and that will be on ESPNU tomorrow. Oklahoma and Iowa State from Hilton Coliseum. All right, Parker, let's get back to some uh, text, and then I've got a few more football questions for you. Sounds great. One listener says an AI football announcer would be ten times better than RG3. How do you feel about RG3? I don't feel like he sucks. Uh, I mean, he's not my favorite, but I, don't, I just don't think he's uh, absolutely horrible. He's a little bit different. I don't know how much of that is the memory Sooner fans have of that uh, touchdown pass basically at the end of the game that won in the Heisman Trophy in Waco, um, if that's part of it or not. But, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's terrible. Like I said, he, he wouldn't be the guy. Yeah, i got to have on my lead crew, you know, Robert Griffin III. But, and, you know, I think, he's our, I think he's above average. One listener says, and this is Patrick on the text line, Steely saying patrons make me think makes me think of Augusta. Not too far off from the Masters, Steely. 
That's right. And, yes, you can't say, if you're an announcer at Augusta, you can't say the gallery. You can't say the fans. At Augusta, they are the patrons. That is in the broadcaster's handbook at Augusta. That's why, you know, some like Gary McCord. You guys, if you're golf fans, you remember Gary McCord. He's he's a guy that's funny, uh, you know, shoots from the hip. He'll say just about anything. And uh, he basically got tossed off the broadcast at Augusta for saying that the Masters greens were slicker than bikini wax. And the people at Augusta didn't like it. And he was out of there. They're very strict there. Joe from Chandler uh, chimed in because neither you nor I could recall what Remy stood for. Joe from Chandler says Remy is remote integration model. So there you go. Uh, ah, I didn't know that. I'm too old to know that. I I don't think they, uh, when I was at the Gaylord School back in the day, I don't think that uh, we learned that. Yeah, we were busy. We were, you know, we were still in the printing press back then, Parker, a long, long time ago. Uh, this is, here's, here's one from the 405. If the Pac-12 signs a deal with Apple, will they have to change their conference name to the IPAC? And there you go. You never know. You never know in these sponsorship deals, right? All right. Uh, before we get back to some more text, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, we had a question on the text line about, you know, why are Deshaun McCullough and Peyton Bowen both being tried out at Cheetah? Well, both, number one, because they're very versatile, great athletes. Uh-huh. But how early do you think it will take us to see next season – Peyton Bowen, Desan McCullough, and P.J. Adabare on the field at the same time. At the same time. Bowen, Desan McCullough, P.J. Adabare. I'll say it happens by game two. I'll say both. I'll say all three of them share the field for at least one snap by game two. Because, look, I expect Bowen and Adabare to play. I expect McCullough to play a lot. Teddy said it on Monday when he and I co-hosted the rush. He said, look, I think the best-case scenario for Oklahoma is that your starting edges are Trace Ford and P.J. Atabare because those are the two guys with the highest ceilings and the most to offer if everything is clicking for them and they're firing on all cylinders. I think Peyton Bowen, if he's all that he's cracked up to be, with as much talent as Oklahoma has in the safety room – Peyton Bowen's still going to make some noise. Much like P.J., he's a guy that regardless of what kind of depth is ahead of him, regardless of uh, how deep the Sooners' depth chart is at that particular position, at a certain point he's just going to be too good to deny. And we talked about the difference between McCullough and Bowen physically and why they're both playing Cheetah. Well, you look at the four Cheetahs that Venables mentioned last weekend. You got one guy with a ton of experience in Reggie Pearson, one guy with a ton of size in Desan McCullough, one guy with a ton of speed in Justin Harrington, and then one guy that's <laughs> honestly just a dynamo packed into a five foot eleven, one hundred eighty eight pound frame in Peyton Bowen. He's a complete football player and maybe the most complete defender on Oklahoma's roster in terms of what he can do physically. Obviously, he's not going to be as far along mentally, but there are very few athletes on Oklahoma's roster that have the all-around skill set and athletic profile 
that Peyton Bowen does. And so with a guy like that, you want to be able to unleash him in run support. You want to be able to unleash him in pass coverage. You want him to be able to do a little bit of everything, and there's no better spot for him to do it at than Cheetah. What do you think of the return game? Are we going to see, like on kickoff returns, the return firm of uh, Bowman and Bowen? And uh, will we see that also uh, like in punt returns next fall? I I don't know just because I, I would hope and I would figure that Brent Venables is going to do his best to keep his starters out of the return game. Now, he's kind of said, and he was asked about it after Bowman's injury at TCU that sidelined him for a couple weeks. He said, look, if a guy can help us on special teams, I don't care if he starts, I'm going to play him. And to an extent, I think that's true. But I also think he's going to have enough viable options in the return game among guys who aren't full-time starters that you're probably going to see – you're probably not going to see Jalil Farouk returning. You're probably not going to see Billy Bowman returning. Honestly, I would figure Gavin Freeman gets quite a bit of return action. I'll be very interested to see who is tasked with returning punts because that is crucial. Returning punts is one of the hardest things to do on a football field. And Peyton Bowen is well, – not Peyton Bowen. Why did I say Peyton Bowen? I got crossed up mentally there. Marvin Mims was the Sooners guy as a punt returner for the last three years. He was the guy that you knew you could turn to. He wasn't going to put the ball on the ground. He was going to fair catch when he needed to fair catch, and he was going to understand when he had room to return and when he could make something happen. Now, replacing Marvin Mims is going to be difficult enough at receiver, but having to replace him as your punt returner only adds another degree of difficulty to the whole ordeal and the task of filling the shoes that Mims leaves behind. So... I, I don't know who returns punts. I, I don't know if I even have a guess right now. But I'll be intrigued to see who's tasked with that duty come spring ball. All right. I'm here at Riverwind Casino, my home away from home on Fridays. Appreciate Justin and the crew out here. Everybody in promotions does an unbelievable job. They make it so easy out here, and we appreciate them very much. We're going to take a quick break right here. Mike Steely at Riverwind Casino. Parker Thune back in our uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios at the ref. When we get back, Charles Barkley with some very interesting comments about Russell Westbrook. That's coming up next right here on the ref. We're back. Riverwind Casino here on a Friday. I just talked to their uh, outstanding GM here, Justin Yahola. Uh, during the commercial break, and uh, they feel like they are getting close to getting this renovation done, and the Showplace Theater will be back. It's going to be back this summer, too. So we're not only going to have Beats and Bites, we're going to have shows at the Showplace Theater. I can tell you in late June, the first show out is Earth, Wind, in, Earth, Wind and Fire. But there is a an event that's going to be pretty special that hasn't been announced yet that you guys are going to get very excited about. There's always something happening here at Riverwind Casino. All right, um, Russell Westbrook goes from the Lakers to the Clippers. You know, we knew that he was going to be bought out by the uh, Jazz. And uh, Paul George, uh, you know, he and Russ were tight where they were together in Oklahoma City, and the Clippers wanted Russell Westbrook. Let's hear from uh, Charles Barkley, who said last night, well, 
he actually loves Russ going to the L.A. Clippers. I think a couple things. This is his best chance to win a championship. You know I love Russ. I think having, having Tyrone Lue on the sideline is really important. Having Kawhi and Paul George, like he don't have to be the guy. He's going to be coming off the bench. But the anger, the anger he has toward the Lakers, because they, they really screwed him in L.A. They blamed him for everything. That team they had last year and at the beginning of the season, it was trash. It was flat-out trash. They blame Russ for everything. He's going to be angry. It's going to be great to watch. This, and number one, this is his best chance to win a championship. To win a championship. Yeah. There you go. Charles Barkley, a fan of Russ going to the L.A. Clippers. So, Parker, I think when you talk about uh, athletes who are under more pressure to win a championship than any others in professional sports, at least here in the States, it's – NFL quarterbacks, and NBA superstars. Is there anybody in the same boat? I mean, I'm talking not managers or coaches, just athletes. No, I don't think there's anybody in the same boat, but I also think when you're talking to NBA superstars that haven't won a championship, I also think there are plenty of guys higher on that totem pole than Russ. I think the one that jumps out is James Harden. James Harden is probably the guy that, most are looking at as the most conspicuous NBA superstar that hasn't yet won a title. And he's been close at times, but I, I, here's the thing. Is Russ still considered a superstar in NBA circles? I don't think he's considered a superstar. I think he's considered a good player, but I think he's also considered a a problem for your team's chemistry. Not, you know, attitude, part of that. We know Russ can be a little, have a little bit of an attitude. That's more of a media thing. But I, I just think that his game, um, you know, doesn't fit with a lot of teams. We'll see if it does with L.A. And, yeah, you're talking about modern-day guys. I go back to my time, the, the dinosaur age, when uh, you're talking about, like, Patrick Ewing and Reggie Miller and Charles Barkley and, Stockton and Malone in the NFL you know Dan Marino could throw the football as good as any quarterback of his era but he wasn't considered in the same league as Joe Montana by some people because Montana was winning all those championships and Dan Marino never won one so you know uh, is it fair to judge somebody by you know whether they want to ring or not I, I guess to a certain extent but uh, you also have to consider what those superstars had around them. Now, had KD, Russ, and James Harden stuck together, who knows? We might be talking about Russell Westbrook having two or three championship rings. But, um, you know, I don't. I, I think can the Clippers be a contender in the West? Perhaps. But, you know, how about if we get a matchup between the Clippers and the Suns in the Western Conference Finals? And, look, I know Denver – uh, is running away with the West right now, and I know Memphis is is really good. Uh, they won't be the only contenders, but I would love to see a uh, Kevin Durant Russell Westbrook matchup uh, in the Western Finals. And speaking of Phoenix, uh, the Thunder will be at Phoenix tomorrow night. No KD nine or tonight uh, nine o'clock tip tonight. No Kevin Durant. Then they'll play at Sacramento on Sunday. Uh, Thunder. Losing overtime last night, 120 to 119 to the Utah Jazz. So Oklahoma City drops a half game out of the 10 spot in the West behind the Golden State Warriors, who are 10th now, and Utah, 
uh, moves up to number nine in the Western Conference standing. So that's what's happening in the NBA. But uh, I, I think maybe, uh, you know, and you think about who won Super Bowls, right? There have been some quarterbacks who won Super Bowls, you know, Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, guys like that, right, that, um, you know, weren't exactly superstar players. But like I said, I think it's it's mainly about NBA stars and NFL quarterbacks are the most harshly judged by fans and media as to whether or not they won a championship. Who am I leaving out of that Super Bowl list? Eli Manning. And Eli Flacco. Manning won two. Joe Flacco. Yeah, Eli won two. He might get to the Hall of Fame just for, you know, being the Patriots kryptonite. Which is nuts because you take away those two Super Bowl wins, no one looks at Eli Manning as a Hall of Famer. But that's how much Super Bowl victories can inflate a quarterback's resume. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, we got to get out of here for hour number one. We do have Brandon Drum coming up with us next hour. We'll talk Sooner Recruiting. Even though it's a dead period, we'll get into what's happening uh, with Sooner Recruiting with Brandon and talk about, you know, what he had to think about, again, uh, what all the early enrollees in the transfer portal uh, prospects had to say last week. And Brent, I did like Brent's video, you know, that uh, OU Football sent out last night. It was pretty good stuff. Again, April 22nd at 2.30 for the Sooner Spring Game there at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Here at Riverwind on a Friday, big drawing tomorrow night, and uh, great things happening tonight as well. Tomorrow night, they're going to give away a bunch of cash and bonus play and three grand prizes of $5,000 cash each. We'll be right back. I am here at Riverwind Casino, and Parker is back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. How fired up are you people for Friday? How fired up are you for Friday? Can you dig it? I said, can you dig it? You can, I'm sure. What's better, Friday or Saturday? Parker, for you, you're usually working, uh, you know, well, you're the hardest working man in the media business outside of Chris Plank. Um, Friday or Saturday? What's the best day of the week? Ooh. Sundays are the best day of the week, Steely. Sundays, because I Sundays, usually... you're only off day. Is that it? Well, and some days it's not even an off day, but I would say I have more space on Sunday than I do on any other day of the week. Because, like, for instance, tonight I'm going to be on the road. Tomorrow I'm going to be on the road. Well, Sunday I'm going to be on the road too. But hopefully going to be able to get home by 4 or 5 in the afternoon on Sunday and kick back for a little while. Jeez, man, you need to take some time for yourself. You just don't have it. So where are you going this weekend? I will be, as soon as we're off the air, I'm going to head down to the Dallas-Fort Worth area to check in with four-star Lovejoy linebacker Peyton Pierce. Big battle between OU and Notre Dame right now on the recruiting trail for his services. I don't know what it is about the Sooners and Irish going toe-to-toe with elite DFW defenders named Peyton, but here we are again. Uh, And then tomorrow, I'm going to be 
dipping down to San Antonio to check in with four-star running back James Peoples, obviously a top target for DeMarco Murray and the OU staff. There you go, another busy weekend for Parker Thune, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we want to thank for our second hour another great sponsor, the one, the only, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 there in Paul's Valley. They have great deals and a great selection. Selection of cars, SUVs, trucks, pre-owned vehicles, you name it, they have it. They're always looking for the best, and they're always looking for great pre-owned vehicles. So you can come shop at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. And again, they've got a great guarantee, oil changes, and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, Brent, when he met with the media um, last week, was asked about the development of one Jackson Arnold. I will no longer put the F in there. But here's what Brent had to say on the early returns from Jackson Arnold. You know, he's smart, he's tough, uh, he's driven, he's humble in every way. He's, he's a doer, very ambitious. He's not waiting on anybody. He's not waiting to be great. In his mind, from a humility standpoint, he feels he's got a long way to go. He's a confident guy, uh, but he's a great teammate, and he's trying to learn and grow. You won't see Jackson Arnold putting a mic in front of him and, and proclaiming about what he's getting ready to do. You know, it's just not who he is. It's not in his DNA. He's been a great, great leader. He makes everyone around him better, uh, but he's in the back of the line right now, and uh, but probably not for long. And, and I say that, uh, you know, not having to do with anybody else. It's just how he competes and how he works and you know his his talent is is really good too and but he's a guy that uh, is going to quickly uh, earn both trust uh, with his teammates respect with his teammates which i believe that respect is the greatest thing that you can have in a locker room is respect of your teammates quickly has in a short period of time earned the respect of his teammates through again his work and his actions and his humility there you go, Brent, on Jackson Arnold. So, Parker, what's an ideal scenario for Jackson Arnold to have the kind of freshman year that would be uh, suited great for him? Because, obviously, when the Sooners step into the SEC in 2024, it's his deal. So what is a good freshman season for Jackson Arnold in terms of you know, games and and what he gets to do. Well, to be honest, and people may not like to hear this, but I think in an ideal world, if everything goes according to plan, Jackson Arnold plays in garbage time in four games, right. preserves his red shirt just in case because you might as well. Obviously, I don't think anybody's planning on Jackson Arnold being at Oklahoma for five years, but if you can preserve it, might as well. The best-case scenario in my mind is that Jackson Arnold plays as little as possible in meaningful situations because that means that Dylan Gabriel is on his game. That means the Oklahoma offense is clicking. That means you have much more game control than you did in 2022, and that probably means you're winning a lot. What former Sooner quarterback would you compare Jackson Arnold to? Eh... There's not a perfect comparison. Baker is probably I would I would say there are more parallels between him and Baker than any other quarterback in recent memory for OU. 
Yeah, and the only, you know, because he can run, and Baker didn't have great wheels, but he always seemed to have, you know, escapability and some mobility. Uh, and we saw Jackson Arnold last year at Geyer take off where there were some clips from him. That guy just got better wheels than I thought. And he can uh, he can run Jeff Levy's offense and run, you know, the zone read and take off and uh, and, and make some plays because he's got good feet and good speed uh, for a quarterback. But the only difference, obviously, if you talk about the mentality, uh, you know, Jackson is not – well, I don't know that there's ever been hardly any other quarterback out there that's as much out there, you know – and being as demonstrative as Baker Mayfield has been. because, And I think that's one of the reasons why right now, if you polled all Sooner fans, he would be the most popular OU player of all time. But Jackson certainly, I would say there's some maybe, well, I, I think there's definitely more humility there, and he's just more reserved too. Yeah, Arnold is a guy that's not going to get in his own way, and that's a quality you like to have in a quarterback. And to be honest, Baker did get in his own way to a certain extent. Now, it re- didn't really deter him, at least not substantially. But I think everybody would agree that it's it's nice to have a quarterback who can, A, play at an elite level, and that, B, who isn't going to be a distraction off the field. And, look, the whole off-field shenanigans, it was just kind of baked into the pie with Baker Mayfield. Everybody took him for what he was, which is an outlandish character in general who was going to do his own thing. Jackson Arnold is all business, and you can say the same about the vast majority of Oklahoma's signing class in 2023. These guys are all business, and Venables and his staff were very intentional in pursuing the guys that they pursued because they want to be all business at Oklahoma. They want to have a locker room full of guys that are united in one mission, and that is to return the University of Oklahoma to a championship-level football program. Okay, let let me run a uh, – I, I, I feel bad even bringing this up, but let me run a doomsday scenario by you, oh, no. all right? Let's say OU goes to Tulsa and September – what is that, 16th, I believe, third, third game out, and Dylan Gabriel goes down and goes down for a long time or maybe this season. Is it just boom? All right, Jackson Arnold, it's you. How do you see that playing out in that I, scenario, I, if something happened like that? Yes, Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. Jackson Arnold will be the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma if something happens to Dylan Gabriel. I would hope that you do not see Davis Bevel or General Booty take even a single snap this next season because, A, the fans would riot, and, B, neither of those guys give you nearly as good of a chance to win football games as Jackson Arnold does. So even as a true freshman, yes, he's going to be the top backup option behind Gabriel. And if, God forbid, injury befalls Gabriel again, one of the things I do think and have always thought is that Oklahoma's going to be able to have a lot more confidence in the guy that they have coming off the bench than they ever did in 2022. It's not going to be the same, oh, Dylan Gabriel's gone, there goes our season the way it seemingly was in October of last year when Oklahoma was getting shellacked in Fort Worth and we didn't know the severity of Dylan Gabriel's injury. If Dylan Gabriel goes down, and obviously we all hope that's not the case, don't wish ill upon anybody, least of all as outstanding of a human being and football player as Dylan Gabriel. But if that doomsday scenario were to come to fruition, make no mistake, Jackson Arnold would not sink the boat. 
Yeah, and, and look, I realize that probably was a stupid question. As I said, I'm not a smart man, but I think Sooner fans just uh, have to feel pacified just hearing that that would be the situation. And, again, it, it, it would be a situation where you, you, you might feel like, man, we, we really wanted to uh, not necessarily put Jackson Arnold in bubble wrap for the season. You want him to play some and get a taste. You want him to play in garbage time. You want to play him in situations where he can get a feel – uh, for the college game without burning his red shirt. Um, but, yes, Sooner fans definitely want to hear that because they saw what happened last year, and that was uh, that was that was a new season, that two-week stretch of American Horror Story, the backup quarterback situation at OU. And it was maybe the most horrifying season yet. All right, break time right here. We do have Brandon Drum on the way coming up at 135. Here at Riverwind Casino, it's always a great time to come out and win. Once again, the love to get away, 75K love to get away promotion wraps up this weekend. Tonight is steak night, river buffet, all-you-can-eat steak for $29.99. Tomorrow night, seafood night. On Sunday, it's a big-time brunch. All your favorites during the rest of the week. And again, tomorrow night at midnight, three Riverwind patrons, or I'm sorry, Five Riverwind patrons are going to win grand prize awards of $5,000 in cash each when they have the drawing for the 75K Love to Getaway promotion. And don't forget, they'll have preliminary drawings tomorrow night beginning at 7, and they'll also be giving away a bunch of cash and bonus play then as well up to the big grand prize drawing. It's always happening here, always happening here at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. Break time. We'll get to your text next on the Air Comfort Solution text line right here on the Ref Neck. Next. We're back here at Riverwind Casino. Mike Steely, Parker Thune on your Friday. We've got Brandon Drum on the way at 135 on the Riverwind Casino hotline. And, again, happy to be out here uh, with the uh, good folks at Riverwind Casino. The renovation Getting close to being done, and uh, in June, I know for sure we're going to have Earth, Wind, and Fire in the Showplace Theater uh, late June, all right? So we'll have the Showplace Theater back. We have Beats and Bites back, the outdoor concert series for 2023 out uh, for the summer again. May 27th, the first show out will be 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cults uh, in June, June 10th. How about these three bands, the Gin Blossoms? Tonic and Soul Asylum, July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah and Tracy Bird, and then Gary Allen on August 26th. You can get your tickets online right now at Riverwind.com for Beats and Bites 2023, the great outdoor concert series, and again, uh, local food trucks, all the best will be out there. Great craft beer from uh, Coop Ale Works. Like I said, it's a kid-friendly environment. Bring your folding chairs, have a great time outdoors, take in some great music, Beats and Bites 2023. Back, beginning May 27th with Blue Oyster Cult and 38 Special on the uh, Beats and Bites stage. Parker, do you want to do some text? What do you want to do here? Sure, let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's a take from a listener in the 405. Fans should riot just for having Gabriel start. It should be 100% JFA. He needs to get ready for the SEC. You know, uh, I, I think that they'd rather have three full seasons from Jackson Arnold, right? Um, we'll see. I mean, look, I, 
Dylan Gabriel last year, I would give him a B minus probably. Uh, you know, but there's no doubt that every game where Dylan Gabriel was in, uh, the Sooners had a chance to win, right? So he's got to play better, yes. Uh, he's got to be more accurate, but, um, you know, I, I think you'll have a pretty decent season next fall. Yeah, look, really if, do. if Dylan Gabriel loses his job, it won't be because Dylan Gabriel isn't a good quarterback. He's a perfectly fine quarterback, a decidedly above-average quarterback, one might say. He is not elite, but he is well above average. If Dylan Gabriel loses his job in 2023, it's going to be because Jackson Arnold is just that freaking good that you can't deny the dude. And that may happen. Who's to say? But right now, this is Dylan Gabriel's job heading into the 2023 season, and that's who Sooner fans need to be behind. I know that's who Jackson Arnold's behind. There you go. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. People are understandably flaming that texter. Uh, Another says, or this is Joe in Tulsa, play Jackson Arnold in every game we're up by 20 in the fourth quarter if he's good enough. Good players are gone to the NFL after three or four years. I don't see Jackson Arnold playing five years of college ball. Oh, you won't benefit keeping him as a red shirt. Get the kid ready for next year. And I agree. Like, here's the thing. There's not really a reason to preserve Jackson Arnold's red shirt unless you need to. If you need Jackson Arnold to play in more than four games, obviously you're not going to limit him to four games just because you're trying to preserve that red shirt year. But I also think take Spencer Rattler as a perfect example, right? Spencer Rattler is exhibit 1A when it comes to dudes that certainly did not anticipate playing college football for as many years as he has played college football to this point. Think about Jason White and everything that he endured. Spent six years at the University of Oklahoma. Sometimes fate throws circumstances at you that you don't anticipate. And so if Dylan Gabriel is firing on all cylinders – and if the Sooners are winning games, and there if there is no obvious reason for Gabriel to be looking over his shoulder or for the fans to be clamoring for Arnold to play, then I think it just makes sense for the guy only to play four games, preserve that red shirt, and let him go into 2024 as a red shirt freshman with the understanding that it is his team and his program for at least two seasons, and after that you let the chips fall where they may. All right, once again, I'm here at Riverwind Casino, Parker, back at the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. We do have Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino hotline next segment. Uh, But in the meantime, let's just keep getting back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. This is kind of an interesting question. I didn't anticipate getting this one on the text line today. How did OU lose out on Marcus Deal to TCU? Marcus Deal, four-star, two-way lineman in the class of 2023. OU was kind of always one foot in, one foot out on him. Didn't really push for the kid. TCU did. That's why he ended up a horned frog. Uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, I swear, if these P-brain fans start chanting, we want Arnold, I'm going to throw C batteries at them. P-brain, we uh, that's not something that gets thrown a lot, around a lot anymore, P-brain. Did it used to get thrown around a lot? Was that I one mean, of the go-to playground insults saying, in your day? I'm not saying that it was like, uh, you know, uh, top of the charts, but it got a little bit of rotation, P-brain, P-brain back oh. in the day. It's an older thing. 
Sooner Celtics. What is the what is the equivalent of a pea brain these days? I I couldn't tell you. I'm not. I, Maybe we, the we text to, line can help us out. We need listeners in high school to give us the answer to that question. What is the most common insult along the lines of pea brain at the lunch table every day? Sooner Celtic on the text line says, going out on a limb and saying DG is a Heisman finalist if he can remain healthy. Hmm. What do you think? Um... I'm not. I can't go that far yet. I mean, would it absolutely 100% shock me? No. If, if the Sooners go out and have a really good year, I mean, who would have thought that Max Duggan could have been the runner-up, you know, at this time a year ago? So if Max Duggan can do it, Dylan Gabriel could certainly do it. But obviously, the Sooners are going to have to have a lot of team success, and he's going to have to play uh, at a at a higher level than he did a year ago. But I wouldn't con- consider that 100% crazy. I think a lot of people thought that he he uh, had a chance to be there last year, right? Well, they did. As a sleeper. I, here's what I will say. I think if the season goes according to plan, if the season transpires in ideal fashion for Oklahoma, no, Dylan Gabriel isn't a Heisman finalist because I don't think he has the volume in terms of statistics to appear in New York City. I think if – the 2023 season unfolds exactly the way the OU staff envisions it unfolding. If the Sooners win double-digit games or playing for a Big 12 championship and have a shot at the college football playoff, I think that means Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk both turn in huge seasons. The Sooners have a ton of success on the ground. The defense is improved. They control games. They don't need to get into firefights. Gabriel doesn't need to throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns week in and week out to keep Oklahoma in the win column. To me, if Oklahoma is vastly improved as a football team from 2022, which I expect, what that's inherently going to come with is a lot more volume for the backs and probably the same or even less volume for Gabriel. Parker, I was hearing Boomer Sooner in the background there. I mean, you've got Oklahoma. You've got one of the national championship, don't you? Did, did, did I say that? It sounded like you had them playing in the national championship game to me. <laughs> uh, the text line is uh, text line's popping off about the pea brain conversation now. Okay, yes. Uh, what, listener, what is the equivalent? This listener in the 501 says, People who think Mike Hawkins Jr. was going to get benched at Allen. P-brains. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian in Tulsa says, equivalent to P-brain is mule shoe. There you go. There you go. They, see the text line? They always uh, they always hit it out of the park. I like it. Um, I'm a DG stan, says a listener in the 918. But I do not want to run into a 2022 Clemson quarterback situation. Looking back, they probably wish Klubnik started early-ish in the season, but hesitated for a number of reasons they probably didn't need to worry about. And I agree. I, yeah, it was, that's a it good was comparison. Glaringly obvious. It was glaringly obvious from I would say game two or game three that Clemson's ceiling with DJ Uyunglele at the helm was not very high, and Dabo Sweeney did wait way too long to roll with Cade Klubnik. So. If Dylan Gabriel is as inept under center as DJ Uyunglele, which, to be clear, I do not expect, then maybe we're sitting here having the conversation at the end of September about, okay, it's probably time to make the switch. 
but that's several steps down the road. Man, I, I got to tell you, DJ, I thought, again, five-star kid. Remember when he had to play for Trevor Lawrence in South Bend? I thought he played really well, and he just never really developed or took off, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, that was shocking to me. But, yeah, that offense uh, just did not did not flourish under him. So, And I know the, Clemson fans had to be disappointed. From the 615, in this day and age of players with NFL ability leaving after three seasons, then definitely play Arnold if he forces his way on the field. Yeah, if Jackson Arnold proves in fall camp, and I, I'm not counting on this, but I also don't think it's out of the question. If he proves in fall camp that he is light years better than Dylan Gabriel, and the offense's ceiling is light years higher with Arnold calling the shots than Gabriel, then yeah, I expect Jackson Arnold to play in 2023. But I, what I foresee in the most likely case this fall is that Gabriel gets an opportunity to return for year two under center, is given an assurance that he's got the job as long as he's performing, and I do expect that he's going to turn in a fine season under center and that the Sooners are going to turn in a fine season as an offense and as a football team. Uh, <laughs> listener in the 417 says, we didn't take players from OU, we took them from the portal. P-Brain. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. From the 731. All right, break one. time. Yeah, one, I'll go one, ahead. one more, more text here. Which would you Let's rather have? Because this is a good this is a good text to wrap this conversation on. Which would you rather have? Gabriel throw for four thousand plus yards, or Barnes and Sawchuck both rush for a thousand? Can only pick one. To me, it's both Barnes and Sawchuck rushing for a thousand yards. Because if you got two guys rushing for a thousand yards in the same season, you're probably winning a lot of football games. There is no such guarantee if your quarterback throws for four thousand. Same answer right here. Yes, same answer right here, and that means that. Dylan Gabriel is also going to have an opportunity to get the ball down the field uh, with a lot of success, uh, you know, in the deep game if they're running the football like that. So, but I would definitely opt for the two running backs going over a thousand. All right, break time, ladies and gentlemen, here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Good to have you with us. When we come back, our weekly Friday chat with Brandon Drum of OU Insider and 247sports.com. That's next here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Brandon Drum with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Friday. As always, Brandon, we appreciate your time. I want to ask you about, uh, for the 2024 class, who is a guy maybe we should be talking about a little bit more? I mean, when you talk about the uh, the two five-star defensive linemen and the four-star defensive linemen, everybody's talking about those four guys. Uh, everybody's talking about Michael Hawkins. Who's another prospect out there for the Sooners that would be a good get that people should be talking more about? Uh, I, you know, this is going to shock some people, but I would say a four-star running back that's committed to uh, Georgia, Tovani Mizell. Um, he has visited Oklahoma twice already. He will be at Oklahoma's Junior Day on March 4th again, according to what he told me this past week. So, uh, that that's a name that I would file away if I was an Oklahoma fan. Uh, I got to see him live at the Under Armour camp. He goes to the Matha now. He moved back with family to the Matha in the Maryland area, in the TNV area where Oklahoma is notoriously 
strong at recruiting, but he was down in the Fort Lauderdale area with, where his dad was working. Uh, the family got a different job, moved back to uh, the DMV area, but I got to watch him before they moved back at the Under Armour camp last spring, and he was dominant and really good. So uh, I would I would go out there and say that th- those are the guys that I would uh, – he would be one that I would file away as far as, you know, just uh, a guy that is really, really good and uh, seems to like Oklahoma regardless of him being committed to, uh, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs and back-to-back defending, you know, national champs. So uh, DeMarco Murray has a lot (laughs) to pick from when it comes to running backs because he's DeMarco Murray. Uh, So, you know, when you add – all that together, uh, things tend to start to work out really well. Brandon, talk to us a little bit more about that southeast region. When you're talking Georgia, Florida, Alabama, a region that you're going to spend some time at here in the next few weeks, who are some of the key targets down there that not only is Oklahoma pursuing, but that you believe they have a strong chance of landing? Ooh, a strong chance at landing. That that's That's kind of the key. I guess you know, it's weird to say, but Oklahoma seems to be in a decent spot for Edric Houston. I don't think he's going to leave the region, uh, but he's visited Oklahoma already and is coming back again for another unofficial visit. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of a lot of the guys that they're after down there. Uh, I guess, obviously, five-star uh, linebacker just went blank now because I'm trying to do the visit list. At the same time, but uh, Brown, uh, help me out here, Parker. Uh, Heaven Brown Schuler? No, the linebacker, five star. Oh, Sammy linebacker Brown. Sammy Brown. Yeah, Sammy Brown. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's another guy that I think Oklahoma's in a good spot for. I think Clemson leads. Obviously, getting away from Clemson, Georgia's hard, but he's visiting Oklahoma for the second time here, I believe, in April, right? I believe is when he's coming back. So, uh, I, th- look, th- the guy. Oklahoma is going to get down there and, and get some players. Um, I know that they hosted uh, a wide receiver this past, you know, visit the junior day on January 29th. Um, and I'll get to see a lot of these guys and have a better understanding, you know, what's going on in Georgia and Alabama and all that type of stuff uh, after this weekend. Uh, it's just, it is really hard because, you know, it's been the dead period uh, trying to figure out, you know, these national guys and where they're going to go because a lot of them haven't taken visits outside their region just quite yet. So I think we're going to learn a lot when we get there. Uh, and when I get down to Florida the next week uh, and head up IMG Pro Day and go to the Under Armour camp in Orlando, I think the next two weeks hitting up the Southeast region and really getting a feel for you know where these guys are planning on visiting and stuff like that because I think a lot of them right now – have plans, but it being the dead period, a lot of people haven't asked and they haven't told people where they're going. So I think we're going to learn a lot over the next two weeks. Uh, and I'm actually really looking forward to that because I think Oklahoma proved this past, you know, recruiting cycle and even in the 2022 class that they can go into Georgia and Florida and grab a few guys out of there and particularly Florida uh, and really build the roster up off of Texas, Oklahoma, and a couple of other states. So, Uh, I really look forward to that. 
Who are going to be the uh, DJ Hicks and the Peyton Bowen of this class that people are going to be wondering about all the time, you know, living and dying with every uh, piece of news that comes out? David Who are Stone. going to be those guys? David Stone. David it's clearly, yeah, David Stone. But David is there Stone. anybody you, you think that, You didn't have to finish the question. It's David Stone. Yeah, is there anybody else that can pull something as you know as uh, as crazy as what happened with Peyton Bowen last year, though? Uh, you know, man, I don't. I don't think Sammy Brown has that type of personality. But I think the more he shows up to Oklahoma, and the fact that Venables has such a strong relationship with him and his family, and the coaching staff there, dating back to his time at Clemson. I think he's going to be a guy that Oklahoma fans are going to hold on to and really grasp on wanting you know, him to be a part of the class. And whether that comes to fruition or not, I think Michael Hawkins is another guy. We've already seen it. Every time the dude sneezes or goes to a camp or says something about TC or Oklahoma, it just kind of blows up right now. So, uh, and, and that goes with him being a quarterback, obviously, and being a OU legacy. Uh, but I think those are – the type of names that right now I think would are, are the guys that you know Oklahoma fans are, have really grasped upon. I think Zadavian Sims is another guy. I think defensive linemen are going to be where Oklahoma fans are really, really apt to like focus in on and really live or die by what they do and where they're visiting and all that type of stuff until they make a decision and or sign wherever they're going to go on National Signing Day. And I think it's because. Everybody kind of understands that if Oklahoma can get a defensive line that starts to produce just just average, just an average pr- production. I mean, they were okay last year, but they need to be average or above average to take that next step. And they know that they have everything around, and that the other all the other positions seem to be pretty strong, but the defensive line is where it's lacking. So, and with you moving to the SEC, everybody kind of knows that that's kind of their their forte is, you know, being really strong on the defensive line. So I think those are the type of guys that everybody's going to live and die by in this recruiting class, and particularly David Stones, Davian Sims, Nigel Smith, uh, Williams Winery. I think those are the names you're going to hear over and over and over and over as uh, we get closer and closer to them making decisions. Brandon, one group that we have not talked about enough, and last question for you here, but one group that we have not talked about a whole heck of a lot as it pertains to recruiting in the 2024 cycle is the offensive line. Names Mm -hmm. to know, how many do you think Oklahoma takes, and who do you think they really start pressing for here once the dead period ends? Uh, I mean, you reported on it earlier that uh, Grant Bricks is going to be visiting Oklahoma. Uh, for March 4th, so he's obviously a name that if you're an Oklahoma fan, you've got to get to know. He's out of Iowa, four-star offensive lineman, a really, really good player. Um, I think Daniel Cruz is another guy out of Texas that Oklahoma fans seem to go know, four-star offensive lineman uh, out of the DFW area. Uh, he's he's a, a good player. Uh, I think he's visited Oklahoma two or three times already, if not more. Uh, so I think Oklahoma's in a decent spot there. Um, I think uh, Edward Eddie Pierre-Lewis out of Tampa Catholic, obviously uh, Carter, linebacker that Oklahoma uh, signed this past you know cycle, is teammates with him and friends with him. So, and he even talked to Parker and I. Uh, Carter did at the, uh, uh, I guess the Under Armour game. When we were doing the media day stuff. 
and basically said, look, he's coming up for a visit here in March or April, and I'm trying to push him. You know, Oklahoma was his dream school when he was younger. So I think that's another name that Oklahoma fans need to watch. Uh, trying to think everything off the top of my head here, but, uh, I mean, Anderson. Uh, Max. Uh, Max Anderson, yeah. His brother is at Oklahoma already. Uh, Oklahoma offered him recently. He's another name to know. Uh, Casey Poe is a name to know out of Lindale, Texas, four-star offensive lineman. Parker, you're pretty close with him, so you'd know more about his recruitment than I would, but it seems like Oklahoma's pushing pretty hard, and they've got a decent shot there. Uh, and then outside of that, you go into the DMV area, and uh, Jordan Seaton's a name that nobody's really talking about. He visited Oklahoma. He likes Oklahoma a lot. He's supposed to be coming back to Oklahoma at some point during the spring or summer. So I, I think just because Oklahoma's done really well with DMV offensive linemen over the last few years, I think Beedenbo's kind of built up a reputation in that region. So, you know, if you're an offensive lineman, you got to give Oklahoma a look. So those are some of the names that I can think of directly off the top of my head here that I think Oklahoma is trying to push for and trying to get, you know, in the 2024 class. I expect them to take, you know, four or five guys in this class, maybe six at the most. And I think defensive line, you would probably take four or five as well. So, I expect, you know, the line to take up at least, you know, potentially, I guess, what would you say, 45% of the class, if not more, uh, when it's all said and done this year. Brandon, good stuff as usual. We appreciate it, and we will be talking to you again next week. Thank you. All right, thank you, guys. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, and 247sports.com with us every Friday right around 135 right here on The Ref. All right, we'll come back, get some final thoughts in, maybe a couple texts in as well. I'm here at Riverwind. Parker is back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios. One more segment, then we're going to get locked in at 2 o'clock right here on The Ref. All right, one more segment. Mike Steely here at Riverwind. It's uh, always a big night at Riverwind Casino tonight, Friday night, steak night at the River Buffet, all-you-can-eat steak for $29.99, a heck of a deal. Come on out here, play with your wild card, get as many extra entries as you can for the 75K Love to Get Away promotion because they are having the big drawing tomorrow night, preliminary drawing, 7 p.m. They're giving away a bunch of cash and bonus play until they give away the grand prize. And the grand prize winners, not the grand prize, the grand prize is five grand prize awards of $5,000 cash each for our five winners tomorrow night. So the 75K Love to Get Away promotion continues at Riverwind Casino. And once again, uh, tomorrow night they have the big drawing at 11.59, just before midnight. We also have Beats and Bites happening. Uh, the new... Uh, Dates are out for Beats and Bites 2023. What is Beats and Bites? That is the outdoor concert series here at Riverwind, also presented by Coop Ale Works. And uh, once again, the uh, first show out is May 27th. That will be 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. <clears throat> Pardon me. Then June 10th, we have the Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird, and on August 26th, Gary Allen. I can tell you we're not far away from the Showplace Theater reopening. Late in June, we're going to have an Earth, Wind, and Fire show in the Showplace Theater. It'll be back. So not only will we get Beats and Bites, 
We'll get Earth, Wind, and Fire coming up in June at the Showplace Theater. And I've been told by a really reliable source there's another surprise that will be happening when the Showplace Theater opens. So just keep your eyes open and your ears peeled. Is it? Is that right? Eyes peeled, sure. ears open. Eyes peeled, ears open. See, senility. The first sign of senility. You don't even know what these phrases are anymore. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we're here, uh, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, do we have time to get a couple texts in before yeah, we get out of here? Here's, here's an interesting text from the text line. Parker, Oyumani just came out and said hello. What's How you up, doing, Oyumani? Uh this text reads, not to diss any of our current tight ends, but OU doesn't seem to attract really high-quality tight ends the past three or four recruiting cycles. I know we have some four-star tight ends on the roster, but I'm not hearing any buzz about them. This is a program that's produced some great tight ends over the years, most recently Mark Andrews. Do you think we can do better at this position? I mean, look, that's, that's almost a rhetorical question. You can always do better at a position. But at Oklahoma... Even since Andrews left, the Sooners have had some very productive players at the tight end position, from Lee Morris to Austin Stogner to Jeremiah Hall to Braden Willis this past year. Now, you have Stogner coming back for one final go-round this season. I'm really, really high on Caden Helms. I think he's next up in that room. Jason Llewellyn is on the roster as well. He's going to miss spring due to an injury, but come the fall – He'll be back to 100%. And then you got a real intriguing young guy in Cade McIntyre that's got a ton of potential. So, look, I, could Oklahoma do better at tight end? Sure. If you're really being technical in the loosest sense of the term, yeah, they could do better. But I'm really confident in what they have at the position right now. Muleshoe did chase off Jalen Conyers, who's turned out to be a pretty dang good football Freaking player down in Arizona State. But – I'm real high on Helms. I think he's the next big thing in that room. And I also just think like, when you look at tight end production at Oklahoma, you haven't, need to, you haven't needed to recruit on an elite level to be able to get elite production out of your tight ends. Braden Willis was a low-end three-star, a very low-end three-star. If Oklahoma hadn't offered him late in the cycle, he pr- probably would have gone to Wake Forest. So I – I'm not really worried about tight end at OU, and I also think you have to keep in mind the reality that Joe John Finley has only been in his current position two years. And with what he's been able to land on the recruiting trail between Helms, Llewellyn, and McIntyre, that's a haul I'm content with and I feel most should be content with. And by the way, class of 2024 could yield big things for OU at the tight end position because they're only going to take one, but that one – could be a guy who's right now a five-star in the class of 2025 and is planning on reclassifying. That would be Michael Hawkins' old running mate at Allen High School, Devon Mitchell, who's in Mule Shoes' backyard at Los Alamitos. Oh, my gosh. By the way, I want to thank uh, OU Monty came by, dropped me a little note, shook my hand, and uh, wrote, love the show. And he also dropped off a uh, Whataburger gift card. How about that? OU Monty, who's with us on the uh, text line quite a bit, the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. OU Monty, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. So good dude. Okay, uh, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, Mark Andrews is like only on the Rushmore of OU tight ends, along with like who? Jermaine Gresham and uh, Keith Jackson. 
who the fourth be? That's a question you guys can answer on Locked In. I want to answer your questions about Riverwind. Are they simply the best? Yes, they are. Get on out here this weekend. Take part in the big giveaway tomorrow just before midnight. Grand prizes of $5,000 each for five patrons. Have a great weekend.